137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal, your guides to the unusual and the strange. And this will be episode number 77. And for all intents and purposes, it'll probably be our holiday uh, special, Mm. our Christmas episode. Because I don't know that the three of us are getting back together until after the holidays are over. Right. Kind of a wild time. Yeah, December is always hopeful, but very hectic with everybody's with parties and trips and, and everything else. So, yeah, I think, uh, Stephen, you're you're taking a trip. You're finally joining the ranks of those of us that have gone to Eureka Springs. Yeah, we're going on yeah. Monday, and we're going to be there till Friday. Oh, yeah. so. so while you guys are listening to this episode, he's going to be knee-deep in caves, toy stores, haunted hotels, and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, her uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> girlfriend's parents are treating us to that for Christmas. And so we're all going to go up there and rent this like Airbnb cabin thing and just hang out. Go Pretty you. cool. Hell yeah. That's badass, dude. Lightning round question. Yeah. Favorite Christmas gift you've ever gotten your entire life? Favorite gift we've ever received? Yep, right off the cusp. You got to answer quick. Anyway. <laughs> if you can't think of anything, Preston, do you know? Yeah, the, my, uh, it was uh, my second or third grade Christmas that I got my uh, first uh, Game Boy uh, with the Terminator game and Tetris. And, uh, Terminator game. That's funny because that's actually <laughs> my favorite gift that I got. I got a Game Boy with, you know, Tetris is always bundled in with it, but it was the clear see-through one with the clear see-through case and then it came with killer oh, killer instinct so Ooh. didn't have the oh shit which, that game was well, I guess pretty solid on the game boy when you ask that question i immediately go for like what's the coolest thing in the last 10 years but if hell if the gamut is ever yeah ever and not to jock off you guys fucking when my grandma got us the super nintendo dude oh yeah indeed man out of all the all my thirty three Christmases, that had to have been it. Because growing up, like we weren't poor, we were just very much you know middle class for the nineties. And I had an Atari, and that was still pretty cool. And, and then when Grandma brings out that box, and my brother and I rip it open, it is the you know cliche Super Nintendo Christmas commercial. We just fucking freak out, and she's all excited that we opened it and liked it, and it was just badass, dude. Super Nintendo two controllers, Super Mario World. And check this out, a voucher for a free copy of Super Mario All-Stars. Yeah, they love, they love that type of shit, man. Yeah, $5 for shipping, and you get a free copy of that shit. So Preston, that was outstanding. Yeah, he's like, oh, middle class. We both saw the picture of that chain you had with that bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> so, we know. so are you saying lower middle class? <laughs> little, little dicky in the making right yeah, there. We know, we know you were flexing, man, back in the day. God. Now, now the, the same year that I got the Game Boy, I also got, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, um, but the, when Batman Returns came out, uh, that year they made the Batmobile toy that when you press down on the back, it, the sides popped off and it was like that black torpedo jetting down yeah. the carpet. And uh, I got that as well. So that's that's the Christmas that I remember because I was just fucking stoked all the way. Hell yeah. 
awesome. That's fucking cool, dude. That's pretty badass. Oh, yeah. So I want to see what your guys' best gifts were, and you both came with good answers. So thanks. Congratulations. <laughs> thanks, Judge Judy. Kind of like Sean was like, oh, crap. My wife listening to this, like, what has she got me in the last five years? <laughs> I did immediately go to, like, the last five, ten years. What's the coolest thing I've gotten? But no, dude, Super Nintendo, by far best gift ever. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, um, we this episode's not going to be really about, you know, Christmas, Krampus, all the little creepy things that run around and kill your children and, and eat them. If you want to catch that, um, go ahead and jump back uh, in the Wayback Machine and hit up episode 17 that Preston and I did a couple years back. Um, that was just a, a real rip-roaring good time of Christmas stuff. That was like, what, like Krampus and what else? Possibly Mushroom Shant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or, it went over the history of Santa Claus and, and what inspired his costume, where he came from. That was a fun episode, dude. Yeah, I don't think a Christmas episode that we record will ever top that uh, ever again. Yeah, check it out, guys. If you've never heard it, episode 17 is a lot of fun. And if you have heard it, maybe you want to listen to it again. Maybe we'll see if Mark will repost it as a classic episode. And you just don't have to go you know, through the archives, so to speak. But Really, yeah. So um, last episode, we asked everybody, you know, what is the strangest or weirdest thing that's ever happened to you? Please, you know, share with us because that's why we're here. And we got hit with some pretty good stories. So this episode, I call it a holiday episode because it's it's all listener stories. It's all ghost stories. But that harkens back to that classic Christmas song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. And it's got that infamous line, there will be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. And everybody and their uncle always asks, what the hell do ghost stories have to do with Christmas? And the answer is kind of simple. And I think, Presto, we hit on this um, several years in a row. But the... uh, the the veil, so to speak, between the living realm and the dead realm is very thin right now in the uh, the winter solstice time of year. And as, you know, October fades into November, November to December, our days get shorter, our nights get longer. And, you know, right at, what is it, Preston, Christmas night or Christmas day is like the darkest day of the year? I think it's a... Yeah. And so, you know, everybody says that that's the easiest time of the year for the uh, the spirits and the ghouls and the specters to come through into our realm and, and people that we've lost to get a little bit closer to us. But the real reason for that line in that song is technically most European countries have the tradition of many, 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 many years ago – um, as the kids kind of went to bed, they got you know full on their candy and their cakes. They went to sleep, and the parents stayed awake and probably drank some brandies or some wine around the fire. As they started getting a little bit more schnockered, they'd start coming out with you know tall tales and start boasting of different things they've done throughout the year. And then it was very popular for them to discuss ghost stories and start telling ghost stories because you know Christmas is also a time to reflect on people we've lost. And they would start blabbing on about, oh, I was out in the outhouse and Uncle Gary just popped by. And he's been dead for 15 years. Gary took his hand through the toilet and grabbed me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, that's kind of a a Sparknotes reason as to why that line is in that song. And 
Um, I don't know of anybody modern day besides us weirdos that really tell ghost stories. Um, also, I don't really do it around Christmas. Do you guys? No. No. But you also <laughs> have to, to think that the because of that that kind of pagan ritual, so to speak, mm-hmm. that that's why we have modern day Christmas trying to Christianize um, the pagan world. Um, so many of their important holidays were around the summer and winter solstice. Yeah, that they couldn't get people to convert, so they said, you know, screw it. We'll take a Jesus's birthday from like October and make it in December. You guys can still tell your, you know, spooky stories and have your thin veil, but uh, you know, we can celebrate Jesus too. And then everybody was on board. So voila, Christmas, <laughs> right? Can we still decorate a tree and light a Yule log on fire? Like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, that's cool. But yeah, there you go. You nailed it. And then um, there's a famous quote by Charles Dickens where he says, The ghosts of Christmas are usually really the past, present, and future, swirling around us in the dead of the year. They're a reminder that we're all haunted all the time by good ghosts and bad, and that they all have something to tell us. And that's why we're here, guys, because we have something to tell you or rather, you guys have something for us to tell the rest of the listeners. So before we get into it, we have four um, amazing tales, I think, four really great stories to tell you guys from listeners. We should probably knock out a little bit of the old-fashioned news first, right? Oh, I've got news to Stephen, don't you worry. <laughs> but you know what? I'm actually going to pull a, uh, a a way back when flashback on you because I don't really have so much news as I do have some Rob's Robots news. Coming at you from the 37th parallel from the basement of a mad scientist, it's more fantastical tales of Rob's Robots. Um, apparently, an Amazon warehouse robot sprayed 24 workers with bear repellent spray. That's awesome. I mean, it's terrible, but... Like, oh I was going to make the shitty pun. Did you guys catch wind of that story? But I won't because it's too easy. And by God, I'm better than that. Uh, anyway, yeah. So in one of their um, factories in New Jersey, one of their warehouses... Of course. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Amazon's automated robot but humans' life in threatening danger today, the effects of which could be catastrophic and long-term effects for 80-plus workers are unknown at this time. But basically, Amazon sells everything, and in this case, somebody was ordering a bottle of pepper spray, a.k.a. bear spray, typically made out of spicy peppers, and a robot somehow punctured the side of the can and then sprayed 24 people point-blank with the spray. (laughs) So it punctured it and like picked it up and was like, here, bitch. Just like (laughs) put its robot hand in front of their faces. Like Johnny Five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, they've probably embellished the story a little bit. I'm sure that it wasn't like a case of it picking it up and spraying everybody down. But still, like whatever it was doing, it punctured the damn can. And people were treated on site. People were sent to the hospital. Some people are very, you know, weirded out by like what's going to happen long term. Are they going to have asthma? Are they going to have long lasting effects? Because mace, you know, a lot of maces are made out of peppers as well, but fucking bear spray was designed to keep charging bears away. Yeah. When I went to Montana, that was uh, the people we were with. I don't know if this is legit true or not, but they said that it's like basically a law down there. You have to carry it. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can be ticketed if you don't. Um, so, like when we had it, we had this like little belt clip, and it set right there. And it's you know, it's kind of like a can of like off spray looking thing. And yeah, it's got um, a little aerosol spray. And like it's just, it's just really weird that that because like you know down there everybody hunts and's got guns and and guns won't do right. shit <laughs> like that. But that little, <laughs> that little can will. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an unfortunate accident. And again, it begs the question, should we really replace everybody with robots? That's why you got to get Russian robots. Yeah. You guys, oh. hear, did you guys see that? <laughs> no, huh? The, you know, like the little creepy robots we see, like, you know, lifting boxes and jumping and doing parkour and stuff. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So like Russia, Russia put out, they basically put a video out of theirs and people were like, yeah, that looks a little bit too much human like. And then I finally found out it was a person in a robot suit. <laughs> what? <laughs> For real? Yeah, they were trying to they were trying to fuck with people or like you know not fuck with them like funny like trying to trick people because some Russians out there do do Russia wouldn't do that. Yeah, Olympics. Uh, <clears throat> oh yeah. <laughs> I I saw a little blip about somebody saying a robot was actually a man in a suit. I didn't realize it was a Russian robot. That's amazing. yeah. It's this high tech robot as Russia at Russia forum turns out to be a man in a suit. High tech robot. They were trying to make it look like it was high tech and also <laughs> smart. It's fucking doing a suit. Something sleek and sexy like that. Uh, that show on Netflix. It was getting so much flack for having a sexy ass on their robot. Lost oh, in space. Yeah. yeah, lost in space. That's so robot ridiculous. Has sexy ass. That robot will make your rod hard. <laughs> oh <my laughs> right. Get your pistons pumping. Oh, oh, hell yeah. You know, I guess if you replaced all the workers with robots, then bear spray wouldn't be a problem. No. Well, guys, back to uh, the topic at hand. That's you guys. That is the listeners who have written us. And that's why we're here to tell you the stories that you have sent us. And speaking of, um, on our last episode, we had a story sent in from Ethan. And I've actually got some updates and some revelations about the story he shared with us. Cool. Uh, did we so, not, did we talk about that last show though? Yeah, we did. I don't. Let me refresh your memory because I'm going to give you a little bit of a recap. But I don't remember us talking about that. I remember you saying that we're going to do that on the next show. You guys no. haven't recorded a show without me, right? The last one we did was the gnomes one. No, but we did the uh, uh, the haunting hill spoiler town one, and that's yeah, the one I remember. We talked about that. We did the episode about the gnomes, and then we did the episode of Spoiler Town yeah. about the haunting of Hill House. Damn, dog. Uh, your uh, beard's looking pretty fly on this, uh, this uh, oh, right. Discord camera. Woo. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I just got it trimmed well, today. I'm trying to – it's like I need to go wash it because you put this stuff in there to trim it better and blah, blah, blah. Anyways. Yeah. Anywho. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I mean I, I read it, so I know what it is. I just can't remember if the, if the listeners heard it, but – yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and just a quick recap. Part of the segment he mentioned was um, da, 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 da. I saw an older lady, long flowing gray That's hair right. through, the, through the front door of the house. I opened it and she was gone. It was almost like she was a reflection in the window. I wasn't the only person in the house either. Also, um, we'd be in the house and hear someone scream names, usually either my wife's name or mine, sometimes her mom only to find out that, you know, nobody's hollering at us. Um, and then he mentions here, um, in every house I've lived in, about three to four months after we live there, what looks like blood splatter appears on the walls in random weird places, like crazy angles, still haven't figured that one out. And <laughs> He's like, yeah, so I see blood, blood in the walls, but 
haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> <And> at least it's <laughs> consistent. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So a few days after the episode aired, he messaged me and said, you know, it was awesome being featured, you know, blah, blah, blah. And yes, likewise, it was awesome having you on the show too. Um, he actually kind of gave me an update. And Preston, you remember that your your theory on the blood splatter might have been like a dog scratching itself to mm-hmm. the point of bleeding, mm-hmm. thus splattering the uh, the blood up in the uh, on the walls. Mm-hmm. And so you said, you know, I would like to know if he had a dog. So Ethan wrote back, to answer the question, I do. And he means have a dog. But the angles are off. It's way higher than where spray from shaking would go. Like close to the ceiling and then under some pictures – that have even been there since we moved in. The Fuck. blood was around the picture and behind it, but not on the picture itself. Still creepy. LOL. It was awesome being featured. Hmm. So it's interesting. And then Rob chimed in. Um, Rob and I were talking about it a little bit. And Rob said he wondered if maybe it was atm- uh, atmospheric. Like, does the blood only appear on the walls after it rains Oh, when there's high moisture content and we talked a little bit and I started thinking that too. Maybe it only appeared – it could have been um, like mildew. If it rained a bunch, it could have been pulling that out of the wall. It could have been mold, stuff like that. So it's it's something to think about but it's interesting if that wouldn't be the answer. It's interesting that it happens, you know, like you said, in every house he lives in usually three to four months or so after living there. So pretty, pretty interesting stuff. I have a and friend then- – I have another friend named Ethan, and yeah. every time we talk to him, we're every time I like we talk and say his name like in a weird way. We're always like Ethan. <laughs> Funny, that's how that chick was saying it. <laughs> like, how could you well, get scared? He'd just be laughing. <laughs> well, I replied back to him and told him, you know, that's really bizarre. That aspect of the blood being the blood being on the wall behind the pictures, but not across the pictures. I said, you know, that's even more bizarre. Thanks again for sharing your story. It's one of the biggest reasons why we do the podcast. A lot of people have weird stories. Sometimes they don't have a place to really tell those stories. And then a couple days go by and I'm like, oh, crap. I remember we're supposed to be sending out these stickers to people who send in their stories. So I hit up Ethan and have no fear, Ethan. I will not share your address on the show. But here is a very interesting revelation. So I said, hey, blah, 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 stickers, what's your address? And he gives me the address. And I read it, and I'm sitting here, and I'm like, that address is very familiar. And so I said, and this is going to be pretty anonymous, so don't don't worry too much. I said, sweet, wait, is that a stone house, old basement? And he says, yeah. And I said, I used to live there, I'm pretty sure, because I recognize the address. And he replies back, nice. I said, two-bedroom, huge living room fireplace. That basement gave me the damn creeps. And he replied back, yep, we hardly go down there because of all the spiders. So here's a little revelation. Shayla and I lived in this house for exactly one year. I believe it was June 2009 to June 2010. Literally, we moved out on the day the lease expired. Not for any particular reason, Ethan, so don't worry too much. But... I'm going to tell you guys that house was creepy as fuck, Um, especially that random ass basement. Creepy. The the basement wasn't finished. It was very dank and dark, a little bit of mold down there, that kind of stuff. We stored a couple totes of just random crap we didn't want to put away down there. That was all we did. And Shayla never said anything specific of what happened to her. If anything, she just always said the house gave her the creeps, especially the basement. And the basement door was in the dining room. So you had like this random wooden door um, on this one wall and you'd go downstairs to the basement. But 
I always got the creeps when I was by myself and late at night. And there were times when I'd be on my computer, which was in the dining room, because the dining room is so huge. It kind of was also a makeshift office. And I swear you'd always get like the impression that you could hear whispering, like a man and a woman arguing with each other. But it wasn't always like just like quiet whispering. It was almost like somebody was screaming in a whisper. And it's really hard to explain, but just it always came across as like really violent, angry whispering. And here's an update for you, Ethan, in case you didn't know. The lady that lived in that house before Shayla and I moved in died in the house. Wow. Yeah, buddy. We uh, we were moving out of our apartment, and we found that place is up for rent. But we had to wait a little while because they had to pull the carpet out hmm. because the woman had passed away. And in the meantime, apparently the dog had made a pretty gross mess in there by not being taken out for a few days before she was found. So, Well, uh, Ethan, I'll offer our services to come out and uh, do some EVP sessions, other ghost busting. Get to the bottom of Free of charge. <laughs> yeah, good. Pixelated paranormal style. Maybe time. Free of charge. Have you ever charged for your services, Preston? Fuck no, I, I do this for science. <laughs> Listen to this guy. Free of charge. Ethan, uh, you're going to be the first one. He's going to try to hustle you for some money. God, no kidding. And hide, <laughs> if you have a cat, hide your cat because Jason is trying to steal those apparently. Yeah, no, sure. no, I meant the three of us. Like, I'm, I'm not taking the Spectrum Boy along with us. So. <laughs> Spectrum <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Well, we're going to pretend you said Specter Boy yeah. and you're referring to him as a ghost child. Wow. Again, all, all hate mail can be directed towards Preston, who also, let it be known, has adult ADD. <laughs> <laughs> I can that's cut hilarious. that part out if you like. Uh, Aaron, our dirty laundry. Yeah, that's cool, Yesterday. though, man. I really appreciate him writing in. That's tight. Oh, yeah, man. That's awesome. And it was just really, cun- really funny to realize that I used to live in that house, too. So now I can vouch that when I lived there, Ethan, we had plenty of art and pictures hanging on the wall. I never noticed when we lived there any kind of weird blood splatters. If that's happening in that house, I never noticed it. Never saw anything remotely close to it. So, oh, well, what can you do? Yeah, hit us back up if you want, man. Keep it going. But anyway, guys, more listener stories. We asked you all week, what's the weirdest thing that happened to you? And you guys really, really delivered. And we also mentioned as an added bonus, we will be throwing some stickers at you guys who sent us the stories. So I've got your addresses. I will get those out in the mail uh, this Friday or Saturday. But uh, in no particular order, guys, first up, the first story comes from our friend of the show, our sponsor, Big Dobbs. (laughs) And so Big Dobbs wrote in and he said, I'm listening to your latest episode, wondering where my fucking sticker is. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought I'd write in with another one because, yeah, you know what? Um, Beyond anything else, he he wrote in one of our first listener stories. And if you guys don't remember, that was back when he lived in an apartment with just him and his daughter. And one night he was by himself. Uh, His daughter was at uh, her mother's house. Just got a brand new guitar, I believe, and he was kind of testing the chords out, restrung it, played a little bit, and went outside to smoke a cigarette. I remember and started, that. Yeah, started hearing the uh, guitar strings get plucked. So it's awesome because that's not where the story ends. Last time I wrote, I told you about the spooky guitar that freaked me out in my old apartment. 
Here's one from my house. We had been living in this house for a few months. It was winter and late in the evening. I was in my room in the basement brewing up some beard balm for some orders. My daughter was asleep and my girlfriend was upstairs in the living room watching TV. We're all doing our own thing because I like to be left alone when brewing and Downton Abbey is some seriously boring shit. (laughs) Uh... So I'm in my room pouring ingredients, and I hear this seriously loud slamming noise. It was really alarming, so I bolted up the basement steps into the kitchen. We have a stainless steel stove. Below the stove is a drawer filled with our pots and pans, which doesn't open very easily. It was fully extended to the point where it was damn near touching the floor. So I'm interpreting that as it being pulled all the way out, where the weight damn near is, you know, bending the the drawer That slamming noise was the drawer being flung open, and the only thing preventing it from being sent flying through the kitchen were some stops and the sliding mounts. Needless to say, we were fucking spooked. Somehow, my kid slept through it. Give me a sticker, Big Dobbs. Give me a sticker. Hell yeah, man. Stickers are in the mail, brother. Yeah, so that's awesome. That shit's following you around, bro. I think you're haunted. Yeah, I don't think we're going to go up there and see him. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, we are. Yeah, but fun. yeah, awesome, man. Thank you so much for sending that. And that sounds like some fucking straight up poltergeist shit. Yeah, that's weird. You know, it seems Crazy. like poltergeist. slept through it. Uh, yeah, no doubt, man. That's that's even crazy. I don't know. Kids, I guess weird. Like, I think, like, because like, when I pick my nephew, if he falls asleep and I pick my nephew up, like, they'll just sleep through being picked up and moved to a bed, like. Yeah. Can you imagine just you're laying on the, like when you pass out playing a game on the couch, Sean, someone just comes in there and picks you up, <laughs> and, like takes you to your bed and lays you down. Like you're, you're going to wake up any fucking sudden movement. You're going to wake up. But the kids are just yeah. like, they just, they're out. It's weird. Yeah. Dead to the world. Yeah. Um, I, I straight up passed out the other night playing Xbox guys, mid game, mid sentence, just fell asleep. Old no man. drinking involved. Just yeah, passed It's out. not the first time. Yeah, I have fun. Oh, it won't be the last. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, I just can't imagine the ruckus that noise would have made, man. Because if you sit there and think about it, like if, if anybody has their pots and pans in that bottom drawer under a stove, you know the noise it makes when you just gently pull that thing out to get a cookie sheet. Yeah. And then if you imagine like the force of just boom, rattle, rattle, rattle. Oh, you know, I, I do have a listener story that ties into that now that I think about it. Well, go for it, buddy. So I got this, uh, we have this friend of the family that, uh, the, the wife, um, passed away last year, but, uh, she grew up with my dad and they went to kindergarten all the way up through high school together. And then, uh-huh. uh, when dad got married to my mom and moved back to Augusta, he had reconnected, um, with this lady and, uh, her husband, um, did a lot of like carpentry work and, uh, laid carpet and everything. So every time dad like wanted to recarpet a room, he would always come out and then like do the carpet for us and everything. And after she had passed away, you know, he, he kind of calls every other day and always talks with mom, always talks with dad. And, uh, he had called last week that, uh, you know, big John Wiener. Oh, I got, I got a weird story. I just want to, I want to run this by you. That, uh, <laughs> he calls your dad, big John Wiener. Yeah. Everybody calls my dad, big John Wiener. And, That's so weird. Yeah. Why? Huh. I don't know. 
And uh, so dad's like, Do a lot of his friends see his penis. Or, I, don't <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> like, I don't want to know this. I don't want to know <laughs> that part of the story. No, <laughs> hang on. We want to know. It's just such a weird ass name. <laughs> Big John Wiener lands some carpet. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And uh, what? Well, and uh, so anyways, uh, he had called and uh, he's like, well, um, you know, my wife passed away. I won't say her name, but. You know, she passed away, you know, uh, a year and a half ago. And um, I was like, I got this lady friend. And she's been, uh, we've been talking on the phone and going out and having lunch. And uh, the other day, uh, we were in the living room and she was over and we were watching TV and we were talking. And uh, there was this uh, glass candle on uh, the, the, the kitchen counter. And uh, all of a sudden there was a loud crash and I went in there and the candle exploded all over the floor. Dad's like, what? He's like, yeah, I don't think she wants me dating this woman. I think that uh, this was her way of saying, bitch, get out of my house. And uh, so dad's like, uh, turns to me, he goes like, do you think that that happens? Like, you know, you're into this ghost crap. Do you, do you think they really do shit like that? I mean, I didn't want to tell him that he's fucking crazy or anything, but uh, do you think this is a possibility? I'm like, all right, dad, let me let me lay, uh, you know, hauntings on you. So me and dad had this nice little paranormal chit chat after that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Now, do you know if it's happened since then? Have you talked to him since then? I heard anything? I have not. So uh, I think uh, I'm going to try to get a hold of him and see if uh, he can yeah. give me more details. You should ask Big John Wiener if he's yeah. ever heard anything since then. <laughs> Old Big John Wiener. <laughs> Does your son call your dad Grandpa John Wiener? No. <laughs> Grandpa Wiener. Oh, Grandpa God. Wiener. Terrible. <laughs> that's his new nickname, Grandpa Wiener. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Well, up next, guys, um, an old friend of Stephen and I, longtime friend Danny, and uh, listener of the show since the very beginning, sent us in a story as well. And Danny writes in, the strangest thing I've witnessed is not firsthand, but through another party. When we were selling our last house, I made a joke to the realtor that it was haunted. She gave me a serious look and asked if I was serious. I laughed and said no. She then told me that usually in this type of situation, they have to put something in the listing about, quote, this home has lots of energy or something along those lines. She wouldn't tell me specific locations, but that a local house has sold three times to three different families, and all three have said that there's a little girl that lives upstairs. I've always been fascinated by the paranormal, and it's quite interesting that a professional business believes in that enough. Believes in that enough that they can potentially warn buyers before they sell the house. I forgot to ask her if they have to list that it's a ghost or a demon. Ghost might be better to get along with. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. I'd love to talk to realtors. Yeah. And and just see because but do you guys I remember at the same time at the same time though, man, like when you're trying to sell a house, like uh I was just talking to Aaron's cuz I remember you, I mean I heard you told me about what Danny said and then so I talked to her parents about um when they when they bought their house when they were moved from the east coast of Pennsylvania to Wichita and so uh -huh. they were going through all these realtors trying to find a house and they couldn't find one they liked so then they got a bid in it built basically built the house they wanted during yeah. that time 
finding a house with a realtor, like that's one thing they would ask because they're very big in, the, in their Catholic religion and yeah, they sure. didn't want any kind of like negative, negative stuff like that. So they would ask them. And then I was like, well, did anybody any of them say yes? And they were like, no, nobody said anything was haunted. And then I was like, just kept and, saying it had lots yeah, of energy. Yeah. And then, <laughs> or like, and yeah, like, no, they didn't say any, anything, any, anything of the sort, like no energy, yeah. no haunting. And then she's like, but the same thing they told us whenever we looked at this one house, we kept saying, I was like, oh, it's really, really windy out here. There's not many trees to block the wind. And then she's like, oh, it's never this windy. It's never windy in Kansas. So it's like, I think that maybe if they do know something, and it just depends how bad they want to sell the house. If it's been on the market for a long time, yeah, you think they're really going to be like, "Yep, yeah, there's some energy here. Some two people hang themselves in the basement." And ever <laughs> since then, ever since then, lights randomly go out. Like you know, just like all that shit. So it's like, is our realtors are actually really going to tell the truth? Like, I mean, I'm not trying to judge all realtors, but they're right. they're it's their livelihood. They're trying to make a sale. They make commission, so. Well, I thought that in certain states, I don't know if it's like this across the U.S., but in certain states, you had to disclose, disclose if, if somebody died killed, in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The haunting thing, I don't know. I mean, I think there's probably just as many people who want a haunted house as there is that do not want a haunted house. But um, you guys remember? I don't think Steve. Of course, you weren't on the show back then. You're probably just listening. But a long time ago, back when I worked at Pizza Hut. Um, a lady came in once and she'd ordered a bunch of pizzas and I made the joke about her feeding an army and she's like, actually, no, we're feeding a film crew. And they were filming that movie's Baby's Breath. Mm-hmm. I was and in that movie. You were? Well, I was an extra. <laughs> no doubt. That's awesome. Yeah. Not that, I, counts. When that they counts. did When they did the uh, the scene at the Hot Rod Cafe, I was one of the extras in the, in the bar scene. That's awesome. Did you ever get a chance to see it? Was it any good? It's okay. Yeah. I mean, for a little indie film. Yeah. Yeah, well, so maybe you didn't hear this story, but Devin's house, uh, his ba- his basement of his house was always creepy, and I've had so many weird things happen to me. So has he. So we're working one day. Uh, Devin's off work, and the lady came in, and she's like, yeah, feeding a film crew. And I'm like, oh, wow, what are you doing? She's like, yeah, we're working on that movie's Baby's Breath. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And then she leaned in, and she's like, hey, do you know anybody that has a ghost story, like a haunted house story? And I remember like I I was – you know, Devin's family is like my second family. So I'm a little bit, you know, I, I protective of them. And I was like, well, you know, I do. I've got a friend whose house is haunted. At least the basement is. And so I tell her a little bit about it. And then she's like looking at me really perplexed. And as I describe a couple things that happened, she's like, is that house on such and such street? And I'm like, Yeah. And she's like on the corner of these two streets. And I said, yeah. And she goes, and it has, you know, she described the, the, the fence around the house. Then she flat out just blurts out the address. And at this point I'm like, I'm either being punked or this lady is like stalking Devin's family. So I start to get really defensive and she's like, okay, I'm sorry. This is so weird. I used to be a realtor in this town and I sold his parents that home. And I can guarantee it for sure is haunted because the family that lived there before his parents complained that they had seen things and experienced things in that house themselves. So I thought that was really kind of cool too. And I don't know if they ever disclosed that to uh, Devin's parents, but again, it's another story of a realtor being well aware of a haunted house. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's, that's pretty interesting, but so you never seen anything or you just, you just felt like creepy down there or what? What? In Devin's basement? Yeah. 
if I had a nickel for every time I nearly shit my pants, I don't want to bogart the show, but let me kind of tell you a couple quick things that happened. So the basement is like a giant square room, finished carpet. Everything's great. You know, completely finished basement. And then the stairs that go down to the basement were on one wall. And then the opposite wall, there was a hallway going down to Devin's room. Devin's room was at the very end of the hall. And then down the hallway, there was one room on each side of the hallway. One of the two would be basically under the stairs, if you can kind of picture how this basement would be shaped. Mm-hmm. And he he said all sorts of weird shit happened. Like he'd wake up and see like, you know, his little sister's um, toy balls bouncing down the hallway on their own. He'd hear voices and shit like that. And this one time, um, the spare room that was basically under the stairs, so to speak, off the hallway, that's where his mom had like her painting supplies. I think the washer and dryer maybe. I don't remember that. But they had a, a floor deep freeze that you could put like food in and stuff. And one time his mom hollered down when I was staying the night. She's like, hey, guys, you know, I got some food up here if you guys want to come up and eat. And we were in Devin's bedroom. So we take off running down the hallway. And he just, you know, it's Devin. He hockey checks me at the hip. Like hip checks me and I go flying into that spare room with the deep freeze. He sl- he turns the light off, slams the door shut. And I stand up and I'm like, damn it, where's the door? You know, where's the light? I can't see anything in here. Where the hell's the light? And he's laughing like a damn madman like Devin does. And I'm stumbling around this room and all of a sudden I'm like, where the hell's the damn light? And I hear this voice go, it's over here. Ugh. And meanwhile, Devin is still laughing. Like I hear the voice through Devin's laughter. And just like any normal reaction, I'm caught off guard and I go, huh? And then like four or five disembodied voices say, it's over here. And I turn around in the direction of the voice just in time to see – and it's pitch black. The little red light on the side of the deep freeze, something walked in front of it. Oh, my god. Because it didn't just flicker and turn off. It was eclipsed by something walking in front of it and then walking you know, out of its range. So I saw something pass in front of this light. Scared the shit out of me. I'm like, Devin, where the hell's the damn light? And then I just hear, it's over here, it's over here, it's over here. And then I finally stumble over, pull the door open, and I'm like, Devin, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, I told you, man, weird shit in this basement. And then a follow-up to that story is weeks later, I had ordered some stuff from his little sister from one of those little you know, um, fundraiser events that schools mm-hmm. have. And, hey, order these pizzas out of this catalog. They're $15 a piece. And so we're down hanging out in Devin's room and then his mom hollers down. She's like, hey, you know, the stuff's here from your order if you guys want to come up here and take a look at it. And so I'm like, yeah, cool. Not a problem. And like Devin takes off well before me and I hear him upstairs talking to his mom and I'm walking. I finish up whatever we're doing in his bedroom, walk down the hallway, pass in front of that room and I hear, hey. And again, I'm caught off guard and I look over and I say, huh? Pitch black lights are off in the in the room and it says, come in here. And I was, I'm just like, no. <laughs> and it's like, come in here. And then a bunch of voices, come in here. And I was just like, fuck. And I run down the hallway and go upstairs. And I'm like, Devin, there's more shit in that room, man. There's more shit in that room. And his mom's like, you boys are crazy. So there's other weird shit that's happened in there that um, I'll, I'll tell again some other time. But yeah, dude, I can confirm. I saw weird shit. Devin for sure saw weird shit down there. Do they still live there? Yeah, they still live there. Fuck, we should go about, there too. What about his parents, dude? Like, uh, you know, they never really said much of anything. They just kind of thought we were being stupid and never really mentioned if they had or had not seen anything. Wow. So uh, I don't know, man, but part of me thought it's just Devin messing around with me. But so much stuff happened that it would be it's it's hard for me to deny that it wasn't real. 
Yeah, right. And after all these years, Devin, Sean apologizes. Does he now? Shit, I believe back then. <laughs> <laughs> if ever we had an illegitimate love child, Preston, it would definitely be Devin. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Devin, well, what okay. are you doing in the back seat? <laughs> That's not an appropriate story to tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next story we have, um, this is one of the first ones. Well, not the first ones, but the first one in a long time where the listener has requested that we keep her anonymous. So I will do my very best to refer to her as her and she. If it gets convoluted, um, you know, I'm so sorry. But uh yeah, we won't we won't reveal who she is because you know that's important because this story is a little more emotional, it's a little more sentimental and it's kind of a heartbreaking story. Um yeah, so we're going to honor that request and we're going to keep her name off the books so to speak. And I've even pulled the name of um the other party of this story as well just out of respect here. So, a brief backstory on the kind of the events that led up to what she's experiencing. Um Sadly, a few years back, um, our listener lost a very, very close dear friend of hers, um, unexpectedly. And a friend and so, of mine as well. Yeah, yeah, Steve, you, you, yeah, yeah, you know these, you know uh, the listener, and you, and you knew the young man. So it's, it's really sad. It's a very big loss. Um, so he passed away, and they were both very close. And since the last few years after he passed, all the way up to you know just days recently. She's been experiencing some really weird phenomenon in her house. And the most recent thing that happened, she said a few days ago, she was setting up her Christmas tree when something peculiar happened. Now, the tree that she was setting up is kind of a dedication to her friend who passed. And so she was, you know, decorating the tree, putting it up, putting the the decorations on it. And all of a sudden outside, there's a really kind of weird gust of wind. The wind started blowing to the east. But strangely enough, the chair on her front porch suddenly started scooting across the porch to the west. And it's crazy because she lives next door to my sister, so I'm like, I'm picturing this, like, yeah, verbatim. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you know it. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. close to home in a way. Yeah. So the wind's blowing to the east, and all of a sudden, the chair on her front porch starts scooting to the west. So it's scooting, it's moving by an unknown force into the wind and she says it's moving on its own Um, nobody's out there nobody's pushing it but all of a sudden it stops in front of the window almost like something was sitting in the chair and scooted it over to look into the window and through the window from the outside is a perfect view of the tree that she was setting up and she said the wind didn't last very long more like kind of a big gust uh, you know more so than a windstorm like we normally get and she said also she has experienced on several occasions hands touching her that she can't explain. One night she was on the front porch and she felt a hand on her back and another one touch her knee. She's felt hands on her shoulders at work. She's also heard someone in the basement at work when she was the only one down there. There's also a very odd occasion where she has received a phone call. Nobody on the other end of the line, but after a few seconds of nobody talking, she began to hear really beautiful piano music start playing on the other line. And she listened to it for a few minutes, but after finally nobody spoke still, she hung the phone up. And then there was a point where she started seeing a lot of things having to do with lightning bugs. And this coincided with something that her... her uh, 
deceased friend's ex-girlfriend had showed her um, that he had given her once a jar that had fake lightning bugs that would light up in it. And, you know, right around that time, she started having experiences that were kind of strange with lightning bugs. Mm-hmm. She says a lot of other weird things have happened to her with insects as well since his passing. She'll find, you know, weird bugs in her car, um, odd places like on shelves at work without really much of an explanation as to how these certain bugs ended up on a shelf. Um, Lots of things in nature. She said that her friend really loved nature. He loved insects, animals. Um, He would never even kill a bug if he could help it. She said once, strangely, when she was visiting his grave site... She heard an odd noise in the tree line, and out of nowhere, a turkey just came barreling out of the tree line toward what? her. <laughs> nope. <laughs> right. Which, I mean, you know, that's – it's harmless enough, but at the same time, it's just kind of a weird thing to happen. Like, you're there, and we're here to grieve. We're here dude, to Dude, them you know. things are terrifying. Turkeys? Oh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> they're mean, too. They are. They're ruthless. But um, no, but knowing yeah, – so she's – What's that? Go on. I'll finish. Okay. okay. So um, she admits that this could all be just the result of an overactive imagination and the things that come along with loss. But at the same time, here are so many coincidences. It's very hard to just ignore that some of them might not be related. And she finishes off by saying, but what's weird is he and I used a Ouija board once. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if that tied us together or what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? So I, I I know I know both of them, and uh, yeah. you know the individual that uh, unfortunately passed away, like he was a trickster too, and especially in in their their dynamic relationship with each other, right? They were very close, very good, very friends. very close friends, Best and friends, you know the constant the constant fucking with each other, yeah, like, right. was 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 a thing. Um, right. So a lot of pranks to, to do that in another, another form, you know, if, if that is happening to her, she experienced right. an activity like that. I could totally see that being a thing, but at the same time, um, you know, like she said, she, she admits that it could possibly be, you know, her overactive imagination mm-hmm. grief, grief and loss is a fucked up thing. And it is, it'll and make it your, makes you think and experience yeah. things and it's, it's not fair. Yeah. And 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 grief and loss is sometimes a good thing because it it does, you know. I mean, it's a good thing in a way that it actually, in my opinion, opens up your mind and it makes you look at life, sure. look at situations, look at memories completely different. To where that will kickstart the imagination, type of thing, right? You, you know what I mean? Like um, in the past in the past year, I've had two uh, severe panic attacks. That's never happened happened to me before. Oh well, wow. and uh to where like you know, I told you guys that like I just like collapsed on the ground. Yeah. When that like and then just like something like that, like that just it's so shocking mm-hmm. that like it makes you look at things differently. So that's like where I've never I've never really been in, in the position where like I'm so attached to somebody and then they pass away and then it's like I I I'm I'm it's kind of like a grateful and it's kind of like a thing that I'm, I don't like about myself because like somebody like her, she had this friend that was, they were so close at the hip, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm, they have mm-hmm. this, such a strong connection and for her to be, to, to be going through that, like it's so it's in my opinion, like it's beautiful to see like them two cared about each other that much to where she can experience 
that grief and work work through that and you know maybe the spirit is you know still there and yeah sure and, and doing things like that but like i've been to i've been to grave sites uh of people that have passed away and i've not felt any i've not felt anything you know and any kind of energy type thing like that I don't know, mm-hmm. man. I, we've talked about this before. Like, I think some people are more subjected to it. Some people aren't. Um, I want to experience some experience something like that, but um, I don't know, man. Like, uh, that's that's that story is pretty 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 crazy. She hasn't she hasn't talked talked to me talked to me about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, it's probably a hard thing to talk about. But I think that also talking about it is a good thing because that helps with grief and loss as well. I, oh yeah, I think too that a lot of a lot of what you know, like you say, like I want to experience these things, and um, a lot of it's subjective. Like I think to a certain degree, everybody experiences something. Like, let's say you do go through a traumatic loss and you lose somebody that you know, you're deeply connected to, mm-hmm. that you know you have to think about like how much energy it takes if you know you're a spirit or a ghost and you believe science. We talk about how those are in the purest form of energy. How much energy it would take that that being at that time to you know do an Obi Wan Kenobi style like pop up in the air or to show itself as an actual ghost. And you know sometimes just like the the smallest thing, like maybe all of a sudden you start thinking about this song and thinking about it all day long. And then the minute you get into your car, um, that song plays on the radio, that maybe that, 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 that person kind of affected your precognitive, precognitive ability to know that that song was going to be on the radio, and that's why you've been thinking about it all day. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, that's just coincidence. But maybe it's not. Maybe that that spirit is going to reach out in whatever's way is best for you because it knows that, like, you know, maybe you don't have the shine. And, you know, if it just puts this thought into your head, like, oh, here's the song, that you'll get that connection and know that everything's okay or that person was trying to reach out to you. Right. Yeah. <sighs> it's interesting nonetheless, man. I mean, we're we're designed to, humans are designed to recognize patterns yeah. and stuff like that as well, but... You know, I've had instances too where I could have swore um, my grandma had visited me or been present because she lived way out in the country in this little bitty town that was like a square mile either direction, you know, one mile one way, one mile the other. And in her bathroom, I remember before I knew what lavender was, the smell of lavender, her bathroom always had this really strange smell. It wasn't stinky. It was just very unique and very unusual to me. And as I grew up, I realized that she had a lot of lavender in her bathroom. And who knows? She may have had it planted outside the bathroom window too. But um, whatever she used, the air freshener or the body wash or the soap, it was lavender. But it had a very specific smell. It wasn't just like fresh lavender. It was like lavender and something else. And it's a smell of lavender I've only ever smelled in her bathroom. Well, years after she passed away – um, Shayla and I were out riding our bikes one time back when we still lived in El Dorado and we just had like these fairly cheap like cruisers. So they weren't like five speeds, 10 speeds, whatever. They were just like your old beach cruisers. And we were up at summit and central, which is kind of a notorious, um, intersection in El Dorado. 
and we were trying to cross Central Street on Summit. And I remember like Shayla had enough momentum to where she, there was a break in traffic and she just kept going. And I was looking the other way, not realizing, you know, there was oncoming traffic. And I looked forward and started pedaling harder just in time to see a big ass truck, like an old Chevy one ton. And I don't know. Um, I'm not an engineer. I don't know all these, you know, measurements of speed and everything else. But in my head, I should have been hit by this truck. I should have been at least like the back tire should have been hit and just fucking throw me off this bike. And right about the time I looked over and saw this truck, I felt a warm gust of wind hit me from behind, push my, my, my bike forward. Not like I had hands on my back. I couldn't feel hands on my shoulders, but I felt a force hit me in the back. And that force, wind came with it, and I smelled that very distinct lavender smell of my grandma's bathroom. And it was just enough of a boost in my speed to get me past this truck before it hit me. And I remember, like, I got cold chills. It was probably, like, 100 degrees outside, middle of summer, and I just about froze my ass off as soon as it happened to because it just freaked me out that bad. But, I mean, it's a smell that reminded me of my grandma, and I fully, you know, wondered if maybe, you know, wow. spirit wasn't there and she wasn't just kind of doing the whole guardian angel thing and yeah. pushing me through the traffic so I didn't get hit by a truck. So, at the same time, could have been a gust of wind and yeah. momentum and a lavender bush that I didn't see. But, yeah, grief and loss is a strange thing, and... Beyond all that, um, we want to give you a huge, uh, a huge thank you for sharing that with us because we, you know, Steve and I know how personal this story is and um, how hard it may have been for you to put this into words. So, uh, just thanks for sharing it with us, and we hope that you know we kind of did some justice to that, and we really do appreciate you uh, sharing that with us. For sure. Well, guys, I don't want to say I saved the best for last, but I have got a doozy here, Later and. On. What'd you say? I said, lay it on me. <laughs> okay, so our last final story of this episode comes from a guy named Matt. And first of all, big shout out to Matt. Matt is currently serving our country in the military, and he is overseas right now. Heartfelt thanks to you and everybody else doing that thing. And uh, thank you, you for know, your support. Sir. Yeah, thank you all. We really appreciate it. But, you know, Matt Matt reached out and uh, shared a story with us here, and it's it's really awesome. So I'm going to get into it, and it's going to be kind of a cool layered cake of weird burnt charred remains. So just stick with me. Let's jump into it. The story <laughs> takes place in Ojai, California. So he writes, back when I was young, California. <laughs> so back when I was very young, my dad worked in the oil fields and also cut wood in the summer to make some side cash. He was a single dad, and he often took Ryan and I out to work. Wait, is that code? What? <laughs> Cutting wood for side cash? It's <laughs> California. California. Slanging that dope, son. <laughs> no, we all know term. Term wouldn't have been slanging. Well, I don't no, you know. I, who knows? No, I was talking about wood, man. Like, Oh, <laughs> Sexual favors for money. You were talking about drugs. I was thinking hashish. Okay, anyway, start (laughs) over. So he was a single dad, and he often took my brother Ryan and I out to the work site when he couldn't find a babysitter. Us being squirrely kids, we would try to sneak off and get lost in the woods. His answer to keep us close was to frighten us with the tales of Charman, a hideously burnt man who lost his mind and was roaming in the woods around the area. He told us about how his skin was burnt 
black or burned off entirely. When he's near, you can smell the stench of burnt flesh. If he catches you alone, nobody will ever see you ever again. So we banter back and forth a little bit, and I'm like, okay, give me more. What else you got? And so he says, okay, let me holler at my dad real quick. And so he sent his dad a text message and asked him if he knew any firsthand accounts. He says, hey, dad, do you have any weird stories about Charman? And Steve, this does kind of support your theory. Because his dad replied back, used to hear him down on the creek road when I would park at night making out. <laughs> <laughs> Flag. Yeah. So then Matt turns around and says, I guess they used to go up to the Creek Road and use it as a makeout point. And I said, that's awesome. So then he replies back and he asked his mom, did you ever hear or see anything or hear stories from people that had? And now I'm assuming here, forgive me if I'm wrong, parents were divorced, but probably both in the same area. And his mom says, one early evening, I was about 12 or 13 years old. When we were at my aunt's house down the creek on Creek Road, it was a midsummer, very warm outside, and she lives right close to the creek. But there were tall trees that lined up and down the creek, and we were all standing in the front yard, and we can hear him walking, crackling branches as he walked up the creek. We listened to him for a while, and then the noise trails off as he furthered up the creek. It was eerie and weird sounding. Then another summer evening, we were out hiking around, running up and down the creek with my cousins, and we could hear him coming our direction, branches snapping, leaves crackling, and we heard groaning as he was approaching us. We turned around and ran back to the house. Many times we had seen evidence of him up and down the creek bed. There were lots of stories that have accumulated over the years, and lots of people have different recollections. But I remember him being very frightening, and he would work his way up and down the creek road. One evening, I was with schoolmates. It was a summer night, so we were all outside the car, and the kids were kind of running around, and we walked up and down the water, and as we looked down the river, we did see two red glowing eyes. Pretty prominent, pretty tall, off the ground, and it seemed as though they were coming our direction. But we didn't hang around long enough to find out. We heard the snapping branches and the crackling leaves, and we just hightailed it out of there and left with chills down our spines. So it seems like a pretty cool little urban legend, potentially, right? No one's ever seen it, but we always warn our children of it. The boogeyman. Mm -hmm. The man whose skin is charred black, and he'll kidnap you the first time you go by yourself. So, like Matt said, it's a pretty badass story to keep your kids right next to you when you're out there trying to, you know, just do your damn job. So, first things first, Matt, thank you. That's badass for uh, for not only reaching out with the story, but also, man, reaching out to your dad and your mom. And it's rad to hear that the legend, you know, definitely affected both of them, too. So, it kind of went generation to generation. But... Matt and I were kind of messaging back and forth about this, and I'm just like a kid at a campfire, and I'm like just dying to hear more. Give me more. I want to know where he came from. You know, what happened to him? How did he become the char man? And Matt didn't really have a whole lot more to share other than what he shared with me, just, you know, his dad's warning him, and then uh, his mom and dad's kind of recollections. So 
doing my job, what we do here, guys, I promised Matt I would dig around the bowels of the interwebs and I would have a little bit for him to hear along with the rest of the listeners. So here we go. First off, like most urban legends and campfire tales, there's always some discrepancies of where these creatures come from, what really happened. And like any good nightmare, there's three different instances where Charman could have come from, okay? So we're going to go with probably the most honest, true-to-life origin of the Charman. Police officers claim that back in the 60s, supposedly, there was just an elderly man who had a very bad case of skin cancer. He lived by himself, secluded. His face and his arms were badly disfigured and disformed. He didn't like to be seen, so he often would wait until nighttime to take his dog out for walks, late or also, you know, early in the morning. During these strolls, it's quite possible that occasionally, occasionally he'd be seen by local youth who were then frightened and began propagating the Charman stories. Tales of some creep with, you know, long limbs and charred black skin and a gross face kind of meddling through the woods. Um, additionally, this adds to your hoaxes, bada boom, bada bing. We have an entire legend of the Charman based around some poor disfigured old man. But that doesn't really get my rod hard, Preston, as you call it. So we have a second story. The second possible origin for Charman is a little bit more heartbreaking. A husband and a wife are caught in a wildfire back in 1948. The husband, horribly burned and injured, hears his wife being trapped by the blaze, screaming, help me, help me, over and over and over. But due to the fire and his own injuries, the husband is not able to aid his wife and thus lies unable to move, listening to her pleas for help as she is slowly burned to death by the consuming flames. Again, eventually the husband becomes a charman. Supposedly, the Ventura County Historical Museum claims that there were no victims in the Great Fire of 1948, so these two origins kind of have a little bit of holes poked in them. We're not exactly sure if this is what it is or not, but it does, you know, give some credence to our story. Uh, there's also a little bit of a story of in the early 50s, a man is in an automobile accident, burns badly, and then runs off into the forest, thus haunting the Charman Bridge, lunging out at unsuspecting drivers. But damn it, Matt, that is not good enough for me, it's not good enough for Preston, and it's not good enough for Steven, because we want... Fuck yeah, it's not good enough for me, I need more, baby. (laughs) We need more creepy, we want more char on our burger. So here's... (laughs) Here's where the shit gets hot. Ojai, California is in a hot valley area. It's one of the driest parts of the state of California. There's scrub brush everywhere, dried grass, probably leaves on the ground that should have been raked up. (laughs) Just kidding. We're not idiots. Um, And long story short, this area is prone to the wildfires that already plagued California. So the most classic and most celebrated tale of who exactly Charman really is takes place again in 1948. The wildfire of 1948 was one particularly large beast of a fire that ripped its way through Ojai and the neighboring parts of California. So much so, of course, it's in that damn museum. So due to the isolation of Ojai, California, um, Ojai proper and the kind of the neighboring areas, 
Um, a lot of times there were limitations to people who lived out there of whether or not they could actually get emergency respondents if they ever needed police or ambulances. It could sometimes take days for officers to reach homes if people needed assistances. Hmm. In the hills of the south of Ojai proper, there was an isolated cabin. A man lived there with his son, just the two of them. They kept themselves very simple folk, you know, kind of living off the land, not going into town very often, keeping to themselves. So when the fire hit, it's quite possible that the people of Ojai forgot about the cabin. The cabin was directly in the line of the fire. As the fire spread, it consumed all of the forest, also the cabin that the father and son lived in. Now, the father perished. His body is discovered later in our story. He is deceased. The son, however, being burned unbelievably bad to the point where he was almost unrecognizable, survived. He was a smoking wreck of a man, burned all over. It's amazing that he even lived. They say to survive the pain, it must have been unimaginable, almost superhuman. Sometimes it happens in such terrible circumstances that a person's mind will just simply snap. Now, nobody knows what happened to the son, but there's an account from the police officers who showed up on what they discovered. Several days after the fire, they came to the smoldering remains of the cabin, and they didn't have anybody anywhere to be found. No bodies, the dad or the son. So they think, okay, maybe the fire is so severe, it just completely cremated both of them. As they're kind of surveying the area, they're walking around, and they look over and see some big, heavy object hanging from a tree. So they make their way up closer and realize the father's burned body is hanging upside down by a rope from a tree. The stomach has been cut from groin to gullet. His entrails have been pulled out. But what's very strange is the father's skin had been removed from his body, almost like fruit skin that had been peeled away. Oh, terrible. Mm-hmm. Still smoldering. Fucking predator. <laughs> right? So, obviously, it's, you know, not even 1950. We don't have a lot of serial killers yet. They've got their guns drawn, their weapons ready, and they're searching for whatever could have possibly caused this. After a little while of searching, they hear really strange, inhuman breathing. It's labored, it's wheezing, it's gurgling, and they notice nearby in some brush, the brush is kind of moving. Something might just be in this bush hiding from them. So as they make their way, guns drawn, hey, hold it, freeze, who's in there? A flash of black charred flesh comes bolting out of the bush in the other direction. They only get a quick glimpse of it. It's a body of a man, a figure about the size of the sun. It's a massive charred flesh, disfigured limbs, still smoking with what appeared to possibly be a cloak or some kind of a raincoat on its body. But the coat was made of charred flesh as well. So it's believed that he cut his own father's skin off to replace his own charred missing skin. <sighs> Gutted the father out of sheer, you know, just Tom fuckery. He's lost his mind. He's gone psycho. Wow. And now he flees from the scene. The police don't get any shots off because they don't know exactly what the fuck they just saw. All they know is it smelled to high heaven like burnt shit. 
They were terrified, doing all they could not to just puke their guts out, probably next to the pile of the guts of the father. Wow. And that was the last time anybody is rumored to survive seeing the Charman up close. So the epilogue here, guys, where our urban legend kind of comes to fruition, people in Ojai and neighboring counties say the Charman is still out there. Matt, tell your dad if he has any makeout plans. <laughs> you know, maybe not the old Charman bridge. He's said to be old now, possibly ancient, and he's gone insane with rage, which possibly gives him the will and the drive to live, along with superhuman strength. Some believe the creature could be immortal. Others believe he's long since dead, but the forest is haunted by the phantom of the Charman. Now, what we do know is that if he's a ghost or a human, he continues to reenact the horrific circumstances of how his father passed away. Because he's in a quest to find more skin. Human skin. Skin to possibly replace that of his own. The Charman frequents the very Rule Creek Road. It's a campground in the area known as Camp Comfort, which has gained something of a reputation for being haunted by the Charman. It's said that at night you can hear him walking through the woods by your tent, groaning and gurgling, and you'll smell the stench of burnt hamburger meat. The Charman won't get brave enough to come into your tent, but he's been known to leave charred fingerprints and smudges on the outside of your tent as he walks past. But he's waiting for you to come out of the tent. Maybe it's a late night, 3 o'clock in the morning, and you got to take a piss, Preston. Wouldn't you be able to smell him? You would think so. But you get out and you think that maybe that smell is just the hamburgers or the hot dogs that Charlie burned on the fire earlier. So you walk a couple feet away from your tent, you whip out your big John Wiener, and you start taking a piss. (laughs) Bring it around. And that's when he strikes. With a bone knife in hand or maybe just his deranged claws, he'll rip your skin off and wear it as he flees the scene. Like fucking Texas chainsaw. (laughs) Right. I told you, Matt, buddy, I was going to get you the good stuff. Right? You want to know where else the Charman has popped up at? Where's that? One of my favorite movies of all time. You say his name three times, and he'll come and help you exercise the dead. (laughs) God. So, and Tim Burton put the Charman in... Uh, Beetlejuice. No shit. Apparently. That's what he's credited as. Yeah. <laughs> when Adam and his wife go to the um, wedding room and to be meet with their caseworker, Juno. Yeah. There's a man that's all burnt and he's smoking a cigarette and he asks Adam <laughs> if he wanted a cigarette and he's like, no, thanks. I don't smoke. And he says, thanks. I'm trying to cut back myself. He's all burnt. <laughs> he's all burnt and, and like, smoldering. All, yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's that's credited as Charman. As Charman. That's insane. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's cool. Well, um, one thing that we always do whenever we have these really great stories and these these urban legends, being dipshit kids, we oftentimes like to press our luck. So if you're out there on the old Creek Road and you want to try to find the Charman, you don't say his name backwards in, you know, a side window of your car or a side mirror of your car. But what you do do is drive your car out, turn your headlights off, cut the engine, and just sit parked on the Old Creek Road. 
is said by staying out there long enough, you'll hear that familiar, you'll hear that familiar smell. You'll smell that familiar smell of charred flesh getting closer and closer. The bushes start kind of rustling, the branches start cracking, and you'll see his smoldering silhouette with glowing red eyes off in the distance. He'll be moaning and groaning, thorns scraping mm. against his charred flesh. Yeah. <laughs> Dwight. <laughs> and you'll go to turn your car on, but what's this? Your engine won't turn over. Your car won't start. And by the time you look up, it's too late. He's reaching through your window or busting through your windshield, and he's cutting off your skin. Huh. Scary. Yeah. And then a fun fact here outside of Steven's Beetlejuice comment, which actually probably tops this one. There's actually a Charman's Revenge habanero pepper sauce made by Highway 33 Foods. And the tagline on the bottle is, just beware, with five fire-roasted habanero Charman's revenge may become a reality. So hot it'll burn Ooh. your skin off. And right, man. But yeah, there you go, Matt. Jenny, there's a little bit of a cherry on top of that Charman Sunday that you served me. Mm-hmm. And how. So yeah, that's good stuff. Um, you guys got time for a little bit of a follow-up, or should we go ahead and cut it? I got a little bit more to add here if you want me to. You would have. Yeah, I ain't got nowhere to be. Cool. All right. Awesome. Matt, I love you so much that I decided to give you a little bit more. Did you ever hear the tale of the Ohio vampire? According to legend, a vampire relocated to the Ohio area in 1890 from either somewhere in Europe, Italy, or Spain. He acquired a small ranch and kept a low profile. However, as soon as he arrived, local cattle began turning up dead or disappearing. Drained of blood if a carcass were to even be found. Shortly after, locals were assaulted by a strange wolf-like creature. The townsfolk got up in arms and realized that a vampire was in their midst. They raided the vampire's ranch during the day, thinking they could kill him if the sunlight was out. But our Ojai vampire was a little smarter than that, guys. It was not his first rodeo. He prepared for the battle and had a huge black phantom dog guard his stone sarcophagus whilst he slept inside. The dog also drank blood too, because why wouldn't it? The ranchers eventually repelled the dog with a silver crucifix, closed in on the vampire's above-ground tomb, and realizing the master was in trouble, the black dog charged one last time, only to be turned away as they sprinkled holy water at the beast. Ha! Have at you! Splish-splash. The dog ran away, the ranchers opened up the stone casket, and drove a wooden stake through the evil creature's heart, thus ending the vampire's reign on them and their cattle. The casket is said to lie somewhere out in the heavy overbrush, a stone sarcophagus guarded by a black phantom dog. And supposedly you can peer through the window if you get close enough to the sarcophagus, and see a skull of the vampire, along with a wooden stake through his chest cavity. So there you go. Yeah, I don't know oh. if you ever heard about the uh, the vampire of Ojai. And supposedly, guys, if the Charman isn't bad enough, in that same wooded area, there is the ghost of the Ojai vampire and his phantom wolf beast. Pretty cool. Hell yeah. 
Matt's Matt lit a fire under your ass. Shit, yeah, he did. I had to, I had to deliver, man. <laughs> if he's going to go out there and do all that work to ask his parents and look like a potential goofball, you know, I mean, his his folks are cool, so I'm sure they just kind of laugh. Yeah. But <laughs> to do that work, I had to I had to do my bidding and, and and do my due diligence there. So, well, guys, as usual, if you have stories you want to share with us, you can feel free to message any of us privately on our own Facebook messengers. You can shoot a message over to the Facebook page. Hit us up on Instagram. Or email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. If you want to stay anonymous, you can. Just tell us somewhere in your story or even up front you want to be left alone. You want to be anonymous and we will not say your name. But yeah, thanks again, guys. Solid stories. Pretty good stuff. Um, you managed to help us fill an hour and 20 minutes. Doesn't even feel like it. Pretty awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. You guys got anything to add, or should we go ahead and get out of here? Should be good. Solid. All right. Let's plug some shit. Steven, what do you want to plug, man? Cool. You can uh, check us out on Instagram, P-X-L-P-A-R-A-N-O-R-M-A-L. Boom. Spelling B, bitch. <laughs> and uh, you can uh, check us, check out our Facebook as well. It's like a Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. You'll see our page on there. Hit that like button. Comment on our post. Share the post. It's all much appreciated. Oh, yeah. And we just got our 16th rating on iTunes. Another solid five out of five. You guys are so kind. Thank you. Cool. Badass. Yeah, leave a re- leave a review. It'll make Preston happy. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rate and review us on iTunes, guys. Um, if you can review us on other podcast apps, do it. I don't really pay attention to those because I have an iPhone. But uh, And catch us on Spotify. You know, I'm not bragging, but uh, we're hanging with the big dogs on there. Yep. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, comment, like, leave us messages, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to repost all these episodes to YouTube so a lot of people can you know, watch that. It's just going to be static imagery, not only going to be us, but uh, who knows, coming up in uh, 2019, we might start doing some uh, some video episodes too, so we'll see what happens. Would be fun. Cool, 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 tight, tight, tight. Uh, presto, do the thing, man. Want a beard, need a beard, want a charred man beard. You want a beard as sexy as Steven? <laughs> Check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com. Rub some bay rum on there, some sweet tobacco. Shit, go old school with the classic, and you'll be in beard heaven. And Sean's going to hit you with the promo code. Use our very own promo code PXLPARA. For 20% off your entire order. Can you imagine if he makes some kind of paranormal themed beard balm? That'd be so dope. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Who yeah. You know what, Dob? Screw <laughs> your sticker. You're not getting your sticker until we get our paranormal themed beard balm. Preston, you're making a lot of demands. <laughs> You've got some goal. I, uh, For all you know, I've already mailed them out. Am I supposed to Damn. chase down the postman? That's a federal crime, dipshit. <laughs> That's fucking funny shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. We will send out those uh, stickers, like I said, this week. And uh, if you've got more stories, please share them. And also check out our buddy Mark's show, Pixelated Sausage. He reviews all sorts of great stuff, movies, shows, games, anime, whatever. Um, check it out. He really does an awesome job. And he does a really cool video series called Attack the Backlog where he's playing some older video games and that's always a great time. So check him out. He's our silent guy behind the scenes. that does a lot of help uh, 
posting our show for us after we get done recording it. So awesome. He's like the fifth Beatle. He's like the fifth Beatle, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then Preston, what's my favorite NASCAR uh, sport car related podcast? Sports Cars Unleashed by our buddy Rich. Hell yeah. Check him out. And then guys, yeah, check out Fear and Fame. Pretty fun podcast. Um, they discuss different uh, murders, pop culture murders, conspiracy theories. They're doing the Lord's work is what they're doing. So check them out sometime. Awesome. All right. Let's get out of here. Happy Chris Mahana Kwanzaa. Happy whatever you celebrate. Happy whatever you don't celebrate. You're still awesome. And we will catch you guys next week. Oh, yeah. Be safe. Peace. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.